we're talking today, continuing on, about this theme of, of leadership and this theme of love. And um, and I'm, uh, uh, I want to go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. We alluded to it. As a leader, rec- recognizing as we come into leadership that um, there are figures in our hearts and in our lives that, 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 that we look at. And you have to love. If you don't have love, you might as well pack it in, man. You got to have love. It all starts with love, okay? You have to have that, that love in your heart for people to, um, to, to not only hear the voice of God, but to walk in the voice of God, okay? And, um, and this, is, uh, th- this is the big thing. Um, and we talked, we, we, we addressed it a little bit yesterday because without love, we are nothing, right? That's what the Bible teaches. Without love, we are like a clanging cymbal or a brass piece of brass, whatever it is. And, um, and I always say this, but if you want something, um, if you need something from the Lord, what you do is you actually have to go and sow those seeds into folks. Do you need, I mean, like if you need freedom, you know, you just sow grace into people. Um, and, 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 and understanding that, that that's a big deal. You have to sow grace into people. Um, and then you get grace in return. Uh, if you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow joy into people and encouragement into people, uh, you will be encouraged in return. That's how the kingdom of God works. And, um, and, and there are times when you give and you give and you give and you don't see any fruit or, or have anything returned to you yet. But understand that you are gaining, it's like you're putting money in the bank of heaven and you are accumulating interest in heaven for your answer to prayer. For that thing that you're longing for, okay? And I said this uh, yesterday that um, what happens is if you're praying for patience, God give me patience, what God does is he gives you opportunities to be patient. And that's how you learn to be patient. You know, I, I remember um, uh, somebody said this, my dad even said it, he said, uh, you know, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man a fish to fish, and he will eat um, for a lifetime. And, uh, and so that's what we're, that's what God does. He teaches you how to be patient in the midst of the storms. Okay. In the midst of the stuff. And, and, and you have to see that as you go, as you go along in the, uh, in your life. And, um, I'm going to my online Bible here as well in case I need to find a scripture quickly. Um, Okay, so, um, so if you go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, again, remember, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about uh, leadership, and love is the big deal here. Um, and that everything has to have a foundation of love. Uh, I, I like how Paul says this. If you uh, speak with tongues of men, uh, you know, with eloquence of men and angels, but you don't have love, 
You are nothing more than a, a brass band or a clanging cymbal. And then he goes on, and I want to look at this. For, uh, verse 4 of chapter 13. Love is large. I'm reading out of the Passion. Love is large and incredibly patient. And, and what that means is that it endures a violent mistreatment. It endures the mistreatments, okay? Um, it's, it's like in the Aramaic, it, 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 it says, um, it, it translates it this way, love transforms the spirit. Love transforms the spirit, okay? And... Um, you know, and so, so, so here we are. Love patiently endures the mistreatment. It could mean that love is incredibly patient, even in difficult relationships. Now, I've had a number, I've had a number of relationships that were incredibly difficult. Friendships that I had to just kind of, you know, they were very toxic, but being patient in them. Um, I, I, you know, and, and I used to pastor a church and, uh, and the eldership were very, um, uncooperative in a lot of things. And um, I guess that's the safest way to say it. They were very uncooperative. And I had to be incredibly, they had to be incredibly patient with me too. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't perfect. But the point was that we, it, that love patiently endures the mistreatment. In other words, it, you know, it gets hit, it gets beat, but it never gives up, never quits. And then he says, love is gentle and constantly kind to all. It refuses to be jealous, okay? It, it, it refuses. It just says, I'm not going to be jealous. And, and you can always tell if you get jealous is when the very thing that you desire in your heart, in your life, what happens is it's given to somebody else, you know? Um, and, and I know that I used to have um, issues with, wanting to speak and wanting to uh, preach. And whenever somebody else got the microphone to share or to preach uh, over and above me, whether they were qualified or not, is not up to me to figure that out. But whether I was, they were qualified or not, I would get jealous of that. And see, so that meant that I did not agape that person. I wasn't seeking uh, their highest good with no, without any thought of, of having it returned to me. Okay. I wasn't doing that. What I was doing was I was envying their position, but I, what I needed to do was to champion their, um, their being seen or their being, um, noticed or their being, um, you know, anointed for that moment. Okay. When blessing, when blessing comes to someone else, it's not jealous of that when blessing comes to someone else. Love doesn't brag about one's achievements, nor does it inflate its own importance. Okay? It doesn't brag about it. It's not puffed up. It doesn't think, hey, look what I did. And, you know, there's a trend now in, um, in the Christian circles, uh, to, um, in, in the testimony sharing time, and I, and I want to be careful here because it's not in every case. It's in a lot of cases, but not every case. But there are some people that, that I know 
that when somebody is healed or somebody gets an incredible blessing, that they put it on, um, they put it on social media, and it's not that the testimony or Jesus gets exalted; it's that it's that they get exalted for laying hands on that person. Do you understand what I mean? And uh, you know, and I walked in that trap too. Look what I did. You know, but that's the difference between the publican and the Pharisee in that story that the publican came in or, or the Pharisee came in and he was um, uh, the, the publican came in and he's like, Lord, I don't deserve what you want to give me. I don't deserve it. OK. And he says, you know, I've, I've been I've been wicked all my life and I just don't deserve to be loved. And then the Pharisee walked in like, I've given to the poor and I fasted twice a week and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, basically what he was saying, look at me, Lord, hallelujah, I'm something. And, and God's laughing at him. Well, I don't know if he's laughing, but that's what it is. Uh, in Luke 6.35, he says, but love your enemies. In other words, don't be jealous of your enemy. Um, don't... Um, you know, don't, 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 yeah, just don't be jealous of them and, uh, and, and just be constantly kind to them. Don't be, but love your enemies and do good is what Jesus says. Uh, love does not brag about one's achievements, nor does it inflate its own importance. And can I add here, it does not deflate. Humility is not, um, humility is not, I'm nothing. Humility is, is not thinking more of yourself than you ought to think, but it's also not thinking less of yourself than you are. <clears throat> Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love does not, is, is not easily irritated. I love that. It's not overly sensitive. It doesn't have sharp edges, you know. We all have been pricked so much that a, a slight word may trigger something. But love does not walk in shame. It does not, uh, it doesn't get that irritated. All right. And, and, and I had asked, and I, I talked about this a couple days ago, that uh, somebody came up to me and says, Tom, you just don't love yourself. To which I responded, I love people so well. What are you talking about? Of course I love myself. And, um, and, that, and that was a, a real sore spot for me. But I went home and I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, Do I, you know, what, are they correct? And the Holy Spirit, he just said, yeah, you, you just don't love yourself. You need to love yourself. Okay, and that's what Paul is talking about is not walking around or not trafficking around in shame. Now, I was raised Roman Catholic and, you know, I mean, it's nothing against that, but um, nothing, you know, nothing against them. But uh, here I was and and uh, they were, you know, uh, shame is a big deal, you know, and how, you know, shame on you and how dare you and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and, and at some point, you have to recognize that Jesus bore our shame on the cross. <clears throat> we'll let that sit. It does not traffic around in disrespect. It honors. 
It has an honor, and um, it honors others. We have a thing here uh, in, in Reading, the church I go to, where we have we we try to have a culture of honor. Okay, uh, uh, the leadership, the strong leadership that is here. Um, I call them the first tier leadership. They uh, they walk around and they honor. Um, they don't excuse sin, but they honor you for who you are. Whether they agree with you or not, they have this honor. This is something that's missing in our society. There's no honor. Um, our president has not been honored. In four years, he has not been honored. And actually, can I tell you, he hasn't been honored uh, before then. You know, um, so... I'm not saying politically. I'm just saying watch how he's treated. You know, I think I think they said treat others the same way you want to be treated. So when you're making coffee there, Hilda, you make the coffee for everybody, right? Um, it does not seek its own honor. You know, and, and, and you can tell when somebody's seeking their honor, their own honor, when they walk around, I'm the pastor here, you need to honor me, or I'm the I'm this and you need to honor me. I'm the leader, I'm the manager, you need to honor me. Honor is something that is earned. It's not something that is expected. It's something that is earned. And um and as far as you can honor somebody's position, and that's what needs to be honored. But somebody who is demanding honor is selfishly seeking his own honor. Okay, and and agape love does not do that. Uh, love is not e easily irritated. We talked about that. Nor does it take uh, get get resentful, or it, it's not quick to take offense. Okay, it doesn't keep score. All right, that's the fifth time you've done that to me. It doesn't keep count of wrongs done. You know. In other words, can I tell you this? might hurt it hurts me quite a bit when I talk about it you're gonna get hurt in your life and what happens is and I see people a lot and I I talk to a lot of people I mean I'm I'm divorced as well and um, that, that are divorced and and I talk to them and they always bring up things that their ex-spouse has done now I've talked to men and women and uh, so that's why I'm, I'm kind of keeping generic here but you know, they, they always take into account a wrong suffered. They always, they, they, they keep an accounting. It's like they have a book or, you know, you know we, we used to have, they don't have it anymore, but we used to have a, a checking checkbook. And we used to write down what we, where we were, how much we spent, and then we keep a tab, and then you're supposed to balance your checkbook at the end. Now we have uh, QuickBooks and we have other things online. And so, and, and it just keeps a tally. And what we need to do is to not do that. Love does not do that. Love is very quick to forgive. Love is very quick to dismiss a wrong. Now, don't get me wrong, okay? I want to say this. Um, you know, some people in counseling sessions, and I'm not going to say who they are, but I've had enough of them, that were raped when they were younger. You can forgive the person that raped you or beat you, but you don't have to trust them and you don't have to allow them back into your life. There's a big difference between forgiveness and, um, and, and full trust. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of, 
uh, I, I guess the word narcissism is, is running rampant now. And uh, a lot of people talk about narcissistic behavior. And, um, and, and, and I can just say this, that you can always tell when somebody's, um, you know, always pay attention to what a narcissist says to you about you because it's usually a confession of something that they're doing. It's all about control. There's more to it, but that's, that's fair enough. So you recognize that you don't take offense and you don't keep a record of it. Think about it. <clears throat> Does Jesus keep a record of wrongs done to him? Does he keep a record of wrongs that were done to him? Because if he did, who can be saved? He died once and for all for sin, for sins. It doesn't mean he doesn't work with us and work to make us better because in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, our destiny is to be made in the image of his son. And made in the image of Jesus, Romans 8, 29. We have been destined beforehand for that. That's your destiny. You have a purpose in life, but your destiny is to be the image of Jesus on earth. That is your destiny. That was placed in you at the moment of conception. And we work for that. We spend time, and I talk to a lot of people, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my destiny is. Your destiny, you know, your purpose is different, but your destiny lies in the fact that God is molding you into the image of his son, and you are to carry the likeness of Jesus into your life. And through your life, you need to act like Jesus acts. Love is not quick to take offense. And then I love this. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Now, um, some things, you know, I'm very, I'm very open a lot of times to people that I'm close with. I'm very vulnerable to them. I'm very open with them. And um, then what they end up doing, um, and, and, and I, this is how I know who I can trust, is that there are some people that I've talked to that throw back in my face the things I've done wrong. And they, and they throw it back in my face as, as you know, things that I've done 25, 30 years ago that are, that are no longer a part of my life. That is not love. And you can't lead if that's what you do. Now, now again, trust is a different issue here. I'm not talking about trust. I'm talking about love. And Jesus was beaten on the cross. And he had you in mind at that moment when he was being beaten and, and scarred up and, 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 and robes put on him and robes taken off of him and, and crown of thorns. Nails put it. He was thinking about you. And he doesn't take into account, he doesn't keep records of wrong suffered. What you do is you, you wash it in the blood of Jesus and he forgets. It's not because God has a bad memory. It's because God chooses not to remember those things. He throws them, the Bible says, into the deepest sea and they are remembered no more. 
He just chooses to do that. And you can too. And it also celebrates honesty. And so what my point I'm trying to make is that you can be honest. Somebody can be honest with you and you can celebrate that. Wow, that was awesome, man. You know, if it was an honest thing that, that, that something was, you know, you, you can, oh, man, I honor that you're being so open right now. I honor that. And, and, and let's, let, let's walk this thing together. That's what a leader does. That's what love does. And love finds no delight in what is wrong. It doesn't take a delight in, in, um, you know, like somebody will tell you that they slept with so-and-so or they had sex with so-and-so. It doesn't delight in that. You know, we have, we have a society started back in the sixties that has uh, built its way up into society that it's become a norm. And that part is, you know, sex outside of marriage and, 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 and men and women are animals and they have sex all the time. They have desires and they just relieve those desires. And there's no, um, love that has to be attached to it. Oh, they call it love for a few minutes. In fact, you hear the phrase, they're making love. No, they're not. They're having sex. They've become nothing more than just animals without a soul. That's what, that's how they're walking in there. And, and, and people laugh at it. They, they, they applaud that. <clears throat> but you, but if a woman says that she's, that she's a virgin or if a man says they're, that they're a virgin, all of a sudden they become frowned upon. What's wrong with you? I mean, I've heard it. Maybe I'll lose followers after this, but it is what it is. Love is a safe place or of shelter. Do people feel safe around you? Do people feel honored around you? It never stops believing the best for others. I love Steve Backlund. You know, he's, he's a, uh, uh, a joyologist. It's, it's igniting hope ministries is what he is, uh, what he has. And he always believes the best. I believe the best in people to a fault. I believe in people to a fault. I believe the best in people to a fault. I always believe that you're going to make it. Always. And I know we go through troubles. I know we go through hard times. But you're going to make it. You will make it. You know how I know? Because Jesus makes it. <laughs> Jesus made it. And Jesus lives in you. And you live in him. How can you not make it? Oh, it may be hard, man. Don't get me wrong. It gets tough. And can I say, but God, because it always happens at the right time. Oh, my, I've gone really long here. Bear with me for a few. It never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as a defeat, for it never gives up. Have you ever said, I'm a failure? Have you ever said that? Have you ever said, I'm no good, I failed, and, and, and nobody can take me, nobody will like me? I did. I said that when I, when I was divorced, when I got divorced. I, I remember standing in the back of our church, and um, and I was just standing back there. I failed as a father. I failed as a husband. I'm not, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm just not worthy to be 
loved again. And, and that's not God. You are not your struggle. Whatever you struggle with, you are not that. You know, uh, science, you know, I mean, a psychology, not necessarily science, but psychologists will say you're an alcoholic. They will say that you're a sex addict. They will say uh, you are bipolar. They're, they're putting a label on you. I'm writing a children's book. hasn't been published, but I'm, I wrote a children's book. I'm waiting for an illustrator. But I'm writing a children's book that's called The, the Label-Less Can. A can without a label. Can I tell you, you may not have made it. You know, it's like an archer. He shoots at the target. Sometimes, sometimes he, he makes it, sometimes he's not. He doesn't. It's called, when they don't hit the bullseye, it's called a sin because they miss the mark. But it doesn't make them a failure. You are not your sin. You are not your struggle. Let me tell you what you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You, because of God, are full of joy. You are full of peace. You are full of hope. Because Jesus is full of that and he lives inside of you. You are strong. That's right. Identity and diagnosis are two different things. Your identity is found in Jesus. That's who you are. Your destiny is who he is. And you becoming made into the image of his son. I said that before. Said it before, I'll say it again. Okay. Um, and then verse 8 says, love never stops loving. I want to read some of these notes from the Passion Translation here about this. Love bears all things. Although commonly understood to mean that love can bear hardships of any kind, the normalized form of the verb stego is actually the word for roof, found in Mark 2.4. Paul is saying that love covers all things like the roof covers the house. All right. That is when he says that it is a safe place of shelter. That's what he's talking about. Love does not focus on what is wrong, um, but will bear with the shortcomings of others. And like a roof protects and shields. And you can say that love springs no leak. It is a safe place that offers shelter, not exposure. Uh, you know, I often hear the phrase, uh, uh, you know, I need somebody who is safe. Well, if you love, you are safe. You are, a, you are supposed to be a safe place. If you gossip, you are not a safe place. Okay, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus uh, sets us free of all sin, or covers all of our sin. All right, It is covered, it is sheltered, it is protected. And you may or may not feel protected in your marriage. There's a love deficit there. It may not be a place of shelter, um, and that's what you have to come into. I was going to say something there and I didn't. I'm learning wisdom. 
Love never loses faith. That's verse 7. Verse 8, never, love never, not even once, fails. It never falls down. It keeps going higher and higher. I, I don't know if you've ever seen these things. They have these, you know, hero movies where people are falling off a cliff or um, whatever. But that's what love does. Love keeps taking you higher and higher. It's, Come on, we can do this. You know, you see the you see the big muscle guy and the arm coming out here, and you know, and and they're carrying you with them. That's what it. That's what it does. Love is your protector. You remember in the Princess Bride, love the movie Princess Bride. Um, remember when they're in the pit of despair, and um, not in the pit of despair, but in the uh, fire swamp. Um, she falls into the lightning sand, and you know, and he pulls her out. That's what love does. It never falls down. It never. It never quits. It keeps going. And that's what, you know, that's what a leader, all of these things are what a leader does. A leader is a safe place. A leader is a safe place. A leader never gives up. Never gives up on somebody. I have, I have some people in my life that, you know, that, that I know that I'm like, you know, you feel like you want to give up on them like they because they always fall back into that same spot because that's their default their default is to go into despair and that's not who you are that's not who they are that's not what they're called to that's a default system through life that they've walked in and god is trying to get them out and if you're going to be a leader in the body of christ you have to be willing to pull them out now, some people don't want to be pulled out. Don't get me wrong. But you got to be able to want to pull them out. If you're going to be a leader, love. They both start with the letter L in the English language. Love. Love. And you know something? If you miss it one day, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So you wipe yourself off. Brush yourself off, get the mud off of you, and start again. It's really simple stuff, man. This is not hard. Jesus proved it with the 12. He didn't dismiss them because they pushed, uh, because they pushed Jesus away in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't dismiss them because Peter denied them. He didn't dismiss, can I say he didn't even dismiss Judas but Judas gave up on himself. I sometimes wonder what would have happened if Judas repented. Oh, what did I do? And he ran to Jesus. Jesus would have, I believe Jesus would have taken him back because you look in the mirror. How many times did Jesus take you back? It's a word right there, man. Some people will get mad at that, but I don't care. You want to be mad at me, you got to stand in line. <laughs> oh, yeah, praise God. All right, well, I've, I've talked for a long time, but I really feel like as we're getting into this realm of leadership, and, and, and understand what I'm saying here, every believer is a leader. 
There are pre-believers that are waiting for a leader to come to them and to take them out of their miry clay and set them on a rock. And so you're going to mentor people, you're going to fill them, you're going to bless them, and God's going to touch them. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. That's really good stuff. Anyway, so we're going to end it there. Um, and I'm going to, um, I just want to, I want to pray this prayer over you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We'll pick up some of these uh, realms of leadership tomorrow. Holy Spirit, come. I thank you for each one that's watching. God, you know each situation that they're facing. Each situation that they're facing, God, I pray that you in your love would pour out upon them and let your Holy Spirit fill them. And God, I pray that we rise up and we be the people again that you called us to be. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the joy that is set before you. You endured the cross, but we have a joy that's set before us. God, <clears throat> like I said, you know, when we ask you to help us to love, you're giving us opportunities to love. So continually teach us, bring people uh, around us that we need to, that we need to uh, show the love of God to. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.